and welcome back to Insemination. This episode is coming to you from my bedroom because I sprained my ankle and cannot get to the studio as of today. But even though I've sprained my ankle, I have not sprained my thirst to getting to the bottom of the infertility industry. I am still your demonic, chaotic, demon sperm donor baby of the podcast world. And we at Insemination are so sorry for the delay in dropping this incredible jaw-dropping episode. But moving forward, Insemination will be dropping new episodes every Wednesday. But moving on to this episode, get your chin rests ready because your jaws will be hitting the floor. Our next guest is a whistleblower who used to work at one of the world's largest cryobanks. So let's just hop right into the story and give my friend Michelle an amazing insemination welcome. So everybody give a big insemination welcome to Michelle. How are you doing? I am well. How are you today? I am delightful. I only got stuck on the subway for 30 minutes. So huzzah for me. I got to sit and think with my thoughts. So and I got to think a lot about this upcoming episode, which I am so excited to do. You and I connected almost a year ago. And I think it is so important to hear from you um, because you used to work at a cryobank. I did. Yeah, I worked at um, what's they call one of the largest cryobanks in America. And it was, and it's a cryobank that sold and still sells nationally and internationally. And what years did you work there again? I worked there between 2013 and 15 or 14. And for all of you who are listening at home, you can't see this, but for all of you watching on YouTube, Michelle is wearing the most fantastic Nickelodeon cartoon t-shirt, has Rin and Stimpy, Hey Arnold, Rugrats on it. I am absolutely living for it, um, and I'm getting so distracted by it, and it's, it's just, it is absolutely, ah, oh, all the nostalgia. I love it. I love it so much. Um, anyways, so, but speaking of Rugrats, we're talking babies. Um, so what attracted you to this job like was it just like oh okay they're hiring I'll go work with them or did was there something that appealed to you to work at a cryobank um no it was more like I saw the Craigslist ad and I was like I need a job it's New York City um so I went uh once I went for the interview I was super stoked to do it though because um I have always told my parents I would never have kids but it was really cool Mm -hmm. to be able to like start families and not be a part of them I love that. Okay. No, I totally get that. And what was, do we feel comfortable like saying like what your job entailed? Sure. Yeah. Um, I was recruitment sales and marketing. So, um, I brought in our specimen and I sold it and shipped it. Um, and I also did a bit of marketing, uh, trying to get more sales and more donors. Okay, so you were, you you were, it was just like nothing but sperm and eggs all around you. That's, it was just all sperm and eggs. Um, actually, at our place, it was just sperm. We only had oh, the sperm coming sperm. in. It was, it was a money shots all day. Yeah. I love it. Money shots all day. Okay. And so 2014 to 16. And how did it start out for you? Like, was this job... Did you start, like, was it enjoyable at first? Oh, so it was between 13 and 14. Um, but Sorry. yeah, it, it was super enjoyable. I loved it. Um, it was fulfilling and interesting. And one of my first um, 
entrees into the science world, which I loved. Um, it was one of my first like high paying jobs. So I felt like okay. an adult. Um, I love but, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was in my mid twenties. It was great in New York City. Like I was having a blast doing it. Um, mm -hmm. I, re I was doing customer service most of my life. So like working with the women or not always women, the people who would call in um, was really fulfilling. And I got to have weird, fun, open conversations and help them out. Um, I would say that it, starting out, it was a great job. Like I loved it. Okay, so st you said starting out. So then may I ask when maybe things started feeling a little dicey or when maybe when you started seeing things that you were just like, oh, that's a little weird. Well, when um, when I started, I, I started like with basics. I didn't know anything about it. So I was working my way up um, with knowledge and it just seemed with as little as I knew, it was still sketchy. Does that make sense? And what well, in what way? Like, what felt sketchy to you? Um, so I would inter I would be the first interview for our donors. Um, I would do their phone interview, and sometimes I do their face-to-face -face interviews. And when I was doing that, um, my boss told me, like, to keep an eye on certain things because um, let's say they're gay. They're a gay man wanting to sell their sperm, just like any other man. Um, if we knew that they were gay um we were supposed to turn them away but if they seem like a good specimen like a top-notch kind of guy that would sell then we were supposed to like hint hint wink wink nudge nudge you're not gay right um and then we, we'd let them pass and it just seemed icky and i i brought that up to the boss and he's like oh well that's the um the standard that red cross uses for their blood we're no different and I'd say, but, but we tell our clients that we test for like HIV and things like that. And he's like, yeah, we do. We test when it first comes out. We test three months later. We test six months later. And I was like, so what's the actual issue? We already know it's not going to have HIV. And he says, well, no, that's just what we follow. So for anybody who's who's a little like head spinning at this one, um, yes, according like so Red Cross blood banks do not let um do not let queer people donate uh do not let them uh, donate by uh by blood because of you know hiv scare and it's absolute bullshit we all know this because yeah they test they test for stds and with donor conception the one and we talk about like how the it, donor conception is so unregulated the one goddamn federal regulation we all have is that the fda demands that every donor is tested for stds absolutely and where this particularly infuriates me is that since 2010, the majority of uh, recipient parents coming to these cryobanks are from the LGBTQIA community. Oh, yeah. So these cryobanks are discriminating against gay donors, but willing to take their money. And I find that to be repulsive, but also I find what the cryobank owner or the, your your boss said is also like wait a minute so you're willing to follow the law like even if it's an even if it's an unethical law you're following the law you're following the regulations unless the donor is conventionally attractive so i'm like so you're breaking the law anyway and that is really like so we have just all ethics are out the window on this well yeah if they're conventionally attractive or if they have a good test sperm or 
if they met like our ethnic um, requirements. If that now, in terms of like testing sperm, I assume you mean like they have like a high motility. Uh, they're they're very fertile sperm. Okay. Very fertile. Um, lots of it there. Um, if it's something we can sell a lot of, then we would make sure that they are that they said no to that or I've seen it even given it back and been like are you sure this was the right answer uh type thing so yeah that is so oh no 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 but on top of that like they do test for STDs um while I was working there um I asked if we tested for like HPV which is one of the major causes of cancer and um most uh female appearing people and i i asked that and he's like well no we don't test for that and i was like well okay so is that because there's no test for it and he's like yeah i think that's it and i was like oh, oh, okay okay oh my god okay all right yeah i love when i get an answer when it terms like stds and it, or like cancer it's like i don't know maybe Okay, so we're having, I'm going to say, we're having some red flags. We're seeing things that we're like, okay, this this isn't feeling right. Um, anything else happen that kind of give you some red flag feelings? Um, so all of the donors had to have a physical and a psychological evaluation. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a normal thing, right? Um, yeah. The person who was doing it was an OBG who was a part of the organization. So he looked. He had stock in it, I believe, and we also sent a lot of uh, clients his way in the city. So he was the one uh, doing all of the physical and the psychological evaluations on our donors, which always struck me as weird. Um, It doesn't feel... Yeah, that doesn't feel like a a neutral. That feels like that could get biased really quickly. And then you mentioned something to me about the actual, like, cryo chamber that you saw. Yeah, um, we had a big cryo chamber, essentially. It was um, probably like four feet in radius. Like it was a big circular tube that was rather wide. um, And we kept it cool with um, nitrogen. Um, So we'd get like gas deliveries every week. Um, And there was one weekend I remember coming in and everyone was like freaking out a little bit. I was hearing a beeping and I was telling people what's the beeping. And they realized that our tank had gone down, which meant that it wasn't getting the nitrogen to keep everything cool and frozen. And they didn't know when it happened over the weekend. And the big alarm to let the boss man know didn't go off. And we were, we had a late nitrogen um, delivery that week. I think there was an issue with that as well. So he was freaking out. Um, and they said they saved all of the straws, but it just, it, it was not the, like, it, when you open the top, typically like it, some fog comes out and stuff. I wasn't seeing that. It was definitely a while past. So now our chambers, like the small ones that we send home, can last up to like five to seven days. So this chamber could probably hold longer. Uh, I'll just say that, but it it seemed a little off. Well, especially with the fact of like how much they charge recipient parents and the fact that you could have just been hypothetically selling them pancake batter. 
is really scary because it's like they they I mean parents there's so many recipient parents who put all of their savings into buying these straws now can you define what a straw is for any of our listener who was like what do you mean straws yeah a straw is an allotted amount of semen that gets sold to people so um so essentially a, a, a a sperm donor would come in donate and then you break that donation up into yeah. straws, into straws, into sellable vials. Yeah. So each one of these straws is what you would use to try to inseminate mm-hmm. yourself, but it's not going to be the full load, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're going to get like mm-hmm. sometimes a tenth or I've seen more of, of the sperm that comes out. May I ask what was like the highest number of straws you got from one load that you Honestly, remember? Honestly, it's a donor, it's a donor named Greg, and he broke down into I believe it was seventeen straws. It was a team. Oh my god! With that, I want to spill some motherfucking tea. So now I want to be clear. So how? Oh, you got some tea. We got the <laughs> we got the mug for anybody who also, if you're listening but you want to watch this visually, we have the whole video available for you on YouTube. And because Michelle has her teacup and we are ready to spill some tea, and this is where I got connected with Michelle was with her sharing this story. Now I want to be very clear. Sharing donor numbers is not something I think anybody should do. A donor number uh, actually can link for a lot of private information, okay? So for anybody out there like sharing their donor numbers publicly, do not do that. Do not share your donor numbers publicly. What we are going to do right now is a bunch of the banks have started not only having donor numbers, but also naming their donor numbers, giving uh, uh, naming their donors, like giving them like little false names to, I think, like what humanize them a little bit more. Yeah. So it's not just like donor number, like three, four, blue, blah. It's, it, it increases actually has sales. like a name. <laughs> yeah, it increases sales. So what we're going to do is we are going to say the name of the, that the donor number, the donor number was given. Um, but again, we're not giving out the cryobank or anything like that. And the reason that we're doing this is in hopes of hopefully finding some of those recipient parents. And Michelle will explain why. So please, let's talk about our donor, Gray. Gray, okay. Um, so oh, Gray. Gray. Gray, um, Gray uh, was an ethical issue that I will just be very clear with everyone on this podcast about. I got fired for I want everyone to know that before just so you can possibly see me as a disgruntled employee if you need to. Um, So we already are spilling the tea. (laughs) The tea is piping hot. Oh my God. It is scalding. It is boiling. All right. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So, and this was in what year again? This was 2015? 14. Yep. 14. So this was recent babies. This was recent. This was recent. Now within nine years. All right, so now Gray, what? Where did they get the name Gray? Oh, so uh, Gray started uh, just after Fifty Shades of Gray got big, and ew, um, ew, ew. Already, yeah. I hate it. Already, I hate it. Already, I hate it. That's disgusting. That's gross. Mm-mm. No, thank you. I'm already done. I'm already, I'm already done. Okay. The all right. Uh, the head of our office, he thought that Gray would be a good name because the book was so big, and it was. He was our top seller. But better than that, he was a producer. Like, dude had sperm for days. Like, he was good. 
Um, I also think he was the the donor who would bring in cookies like on Monday morning. Um, so like, I I'm sorry, I don't want cookies and sperm mixed. That's just not. That's like. Them? I'm sorry, but that. Mm, mm, oh 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 my god! No, mm, you just you said that after he like produced so much sperm and he brought in cookies. That just the icing was not... so hot. I'm just saying. Sorry. I swear to God, if you if you say it was thick, if you say it was thick, oh, biscuits, it better not have been a salted caramel. Biscuitsy, mm -hmm. I was thick. Oh, sorry. Oh my God. Okay, but, um, so he brought in cookies anyway. Okay, so he's producing a lot. Yeah. And as you said, you think that, that one load you were able to, uh, 17 vials? Yeah, yeah. And he oh was so popular. God. Like, dude was he had a wait list always it never got full no matter how much we released of him it was never full so you also had baby photos so the women were also and all of these couples were looking at the baby photos yeah yeah and he they was were a cute baby was. oh she was so cute he was a cutie patootie um he was gorgeous um yeah and so like he sold really well and um one day I got a regular call, which was, uh, can I be on Gray's waitlist? And I said, yeah, of course you can. Let me put you on there. How did you hear about us? Uh, just making small talk while the, the computer loaded and was putting stuff in. And she's like, oh, well, Gray was the donor of my daughter. And I'd like Gray to be like a full sibling with the next one. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, of course. Well, how old is your daughter? Sense. And she told me and I was like, oh. Um, I don't think we've been selling gray that long. How do, and she's, she stopped and she's like, no, no, it's, um, I used him at another bank. I used, I don't know if I should say the other bank. Should I say? Uh, no, let's not say the other bank for right now. Uh, but okay. was it another major bank? It was another major bank, like okay. a big bank, um, okay. a cross country bank, multiple locations. Did it, uh, did it also sell internationally? I believe so. Yeah, that bank does sell okay. internationally. Um, okay, so another another big bank. All right, but so then how did she how did she recognize him? Because obviously, uh, different banks are going to have different donor numbers, different names. So how did she recognize him? Well, I asked her that, and she's like, "Oh, well, his baby photos. Uh, he has the same baby <gasps> oh, photos." God. And I was like, "Oh, what? that's well, okay." Can and I, oh, I started talking God. to her about it, and she's like, "Yeah, they won't they won't sell him anymore." because he's maxed out and <gasps> then I saw him on your site and I was like this is my lucky chance I can still get him and I was like yeah, yeah I it's your lucky chance can you send me that profile from the other bank and she sends it back to my email and I put her on his wait list because I mean a full sibling is a full sibling and she wants what she wants doing my I, job I understand but oh my god, do you okay? Do you know what that bank's maxing out was? I, I believe it was like seventy five. I think it was up up in there. It was it was a high okay. number, just like ours was a high number. Now, just so that everybody can can understand uh, uh, the the maxing out qualities and and why the maxing out does not work the way it should. So we all know that. So there's no sibling caps in the United States. Um, Colorado last year just actually passed the very first sibling cap um, that is 20, that a donor is allowed to donate for 25 families, which is still way too goddamn high, but at least it's something. We'll take it. But that law will not go into effect for a few more years. So 
basically what they say is um so the clinics are like we we have a cap we have a max whether that's like so let's say it's 75 they only do that from reported pregnancies so recipient parents have to call in and say yes i am pregnant a lot of parents, I believe it is statistically, it's like 50% of parents don't call in. So it is so beyond not a perfect system in the least bit. This is why we need a sibling cap. It's why we need a tracking system. So yes, he may have maxed out at 75, but most likely there's way more than 75 from that clinic alone. Um, so that's why when you, if you're dealing with clinics and cryobanks, one, it is imperative that you call in your and you report your pregnancy. It is imperative. Yes. Anyway, so they will he not maxed always out. call you. No. And so anyway, so at that bank, we believe the, the, he maxed out at 75, which is already that number is way too high as it is. But anyway, maxed out at 75. So now you, what, what do you do? Well, I believe that number is also split between how many are in the United States and how many are overseas. So okay, that's at least a little bit better, I guess. Um, it's it's, an, bank, it's 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 slightly better, but it's also the issue that I have with that as well is depending on what country they're selling to, a lot of those countries have sibling caps. Now, once it hits those shores, that country gets to keep to its own sibling cap. Yes. But we've already expanded that sibling cap already here. So it's like you go to the UK where they have a, uh, a donors allowed to sell to 10 families max. Great. That's awesome. But while that sperm is here, that pot already might be 100 kids here. So it's like right. the international law issue is like, that's also a fucking mess. Anyway, keep going. So sorry. Okay. So 70 kids. So what do you do? So I look at our uh, total of kids and it's, it's up there. It's like in the thirties, uh, like high thirties, I would say. Um, and so I go and I talk to my boss. Um, now there were four people in our entire location. Um, the boss was the head of the U S location. And I went to him and I said, hey, Gray donated at another bank. Um, I think this is an issue. And he's like, well, how do you know that? How would you even know that? I was like, well, Mm. a woman called. She set the profile. I have the profile. The baby pictures match. She used the exact same baby pictures. He's like, "Uh, well, he put on our application on risk of perjury that he had never donated at another bank before. I was like, yeah, but unless he has like a twin brother, it, that's who a lie. has the exact same baby photos. Yeah, matching. That's a, it's a lie, and he's like, well, yeah. we're gonna trust his application. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, this this is bad. Like he maxed out there. That means there's more children than he needs. And this was about the time that soccer movie came, or like the uh, what was it, the sperm donor movie came out. And I was like, oh, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, yeah the Vince Vaughn. Um, yeah. And so, like, I was trying to equate that. He's like, oh, that could never happen. I was like, it's happening now. And It's happening like, now. I was like, we have to stop selling him. And he, oh, no, we can't stop selling him, Michelle. He's our best seller. I was like, oh, my God. No, I don't care if he's our best seller. He lied about his application. We need to stop selling yeah. him. We need to talk to the, the parents that we know about and let them know what where he was and what was going on. Well, there's no regulation against it, and oh, I'm gonna trust his application. So okay, and see, I'm gonna need you to this drop is, them. 
This is why parents, this is why parents, when I tell you that even, even if you call and you report your pregnancy, this is why we desperately need a regulation. This is why you cannot fucking trust the banks to keep to their own regulations because at the end of the day even as Michelle was sharing about like you know the ethics around like using gay donors and everything like they would you they they would turn them away but then they would use them when it was like convenient like uh it was profitable to them this is why we need fucking regulations this is why because uh, when money is, money is on the line, they will throw out their own goddamn bank policies. Sorry. I'm pissed off. Anyway. Oh, my You're God. Fine. So keep going. I was pissed off as well. Like, I yeah. would not let it go. My manager was very upset about me. The other few people in the office were also upset that I wouldn't let it go. Um, Ew. They, Ew. Yeah. They were, I like, the lab, lab people and um, the other customer service person they had just hired. Um, but... Uh, I did not let it go, and I sent an email to our international office, um, and shortly thereafter, I was let go. Um, not well, either. I was told I couldn't do my job. And I don't know that I couldn't do my job as much as I wouldn't do the job that they wanted me to do. Yeah, how 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 dare you? How dare you bring ethics into creating life and yeah. selling life? How dare you? How dare you try and bring ethics into this? And oh like being a person who personally, I always knew I didn't want to have kids because I always knew I didn't want to mess a child up, right? I grew up thinking that. And so I came into this and I started a job loving it because I was helping people who wanted families. I was yeah. helping make wanted family and then I realized what I was doing and who I was working for and it just broke my heart I was devastated I don't think I worked for six months after that like I was heartbroken I am so sorry I am so sorry that you had to go through that I'm really really sorry and I think what you honestly have experienced is what I think a lot of recipient parents experience as well once they like sort of realize like holy shit what the hell happened and it's devastating and it's heartbreaking and I am so sorry that you went through that um because I mean as so if like if you are correct and the the bank before their max out was 70 and again that's only reported that's actually that we don't know the real number but that's 70 and you guys were already at 30 that's already a hundred kids. That's already a hundred kids. And they didn't stop selling him. Now, um, I don't want to give away private information, but I will say I did find one of the recipient parents who used gray. Oh, I did. And, uh, found out he also started donating on just a baby, which is for anybody who doesn't know, Just a Baby is a uh, it's a basically it's an app. It's a it's essentially Tinder for sperm donors where it's you find sperm donors on this app. And I cannot say enough how much I do not recommend this. This is not safe. Um, the infertility industry as it is is already extremely unregulated. And this is literally this is literally throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And so the fact that we've got we've got a serial donor on our, on our hands and we don't even know like. Could he have been donating at another bank, at another clinic? So we know of at least two banks and the Just a Baby app. And that recipient parent did share with me the sibling pod is already growing quite a lot. 
did he use the same mother freaking baby photos on just um, a baby? I don't know that. I don't know how they okay, figured that out. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't know. Um, potentially. Um, but that recipient parent was like, yes, we were able to track it. And we did find out that he was also donating on here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I, so I do think that it is very important for people to, it's very important for us to one, find those recipient parents that at least at your bank use gray. Um, and this was a Caucasian man. Like if you, if you looked at his baby photo, it was a Caucasian man. It was like dirty blonde hair. Uh, yeah blue eyes. Like, yeah if i can and i'm gonna look back because i did find the baby photos at one point if i can find those baby photos i will uh blur out the face a little bit and post it on here just so that people can see and see if they recognize that photo um but this was this past decade this wasn't in the 80s this wasn't in the 90s this was this past decade and this goes to show that as much as the industry is saying, like, look how regulated we are now. We're not like what we used to be. No, 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 no. It's just as unregulated right now. And it's it's real. It's terrifying. It's so scary. And I hope that we can find those recipient parents because in your case, we can actively prove that because I think that the reason that they do the reported pregnancies is sort of that they can like be like, oh, well, we didn't know. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. But in this case, they knew and they actively kept going. So if we can find the rest of those recipient parents, oh, my God, please call us. Please talk to us. Let's see if we can help you all out. Let's see if we can connect the rest of you guys, because this is a very important to I'm going to say publicly share on a much more on a much bigger scale because this is terrifying. Yeah. Well, I left that job and this is going to date me because I mean, I don't think the new generation remembers blood tests when you got married, but like I left that job thinking blood tests before you get married are going to come back, but they're going to mm -hmm. have to be DNA tests because let's say that a child conceived at one bank shared the same father from another bank in the same area and they went to school they didn't know they were siblings there was no way to tell they fall in love they have a child that child may have really serious health issues because yeah. siblings created a child unknowingly and yes. so i really do think in the next 15 to 20 years there's going to have to be mandated blood tests because we don't know what's already gone out and we don't know what's still going out. So yeah. I think it's going to have to happen. That's my prediction. I, I think it is because the amount of pods that I've spoken to that are 100 kids each are the, the, the fact that I have found several, several pods of 100 kids each very quickly and easily is terrifying and showing that it's like and these kids like they all were in the same area. Some of them were like I grew up to my my sibling was my next door neighbor. They were my childhood best friend. Some oh, of them wow. dated yeah, some of them dated yeah, the same person. See? They went to school together. Some of them did date each other. And that is a terrifying thing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, and always, it doesn't just affect the donor-conceived siblings. It also affects the donor's family. What happens when the donor has kids mm -hmm. affects them as well. And they get, like, they could easily end up dating a sibling, too. And this is something that, like, donors, recipient parents, donor-conceived children, it's like, oh, my God, this is an absolutely terrifying world we now live in um and it's not inconceivable for no. a young donor 18 years old 
to later in life possibly date their child. It's nope. not completely unheard of in this country for an 18 year age gap. So not like it, it goes on many levels and yeah. the fact that it's not regulated much at all um, yeah. is terrifying for everyone. Um, I do believe there was a quote out there that said, I believe that children are the future. <laughs> and this is the future we're creating. Why don't we create it a little bit more ethically? And and that's the thing. It's it's this is a business where you're literally creating sentient beings. That's yeah. this isn't like you're creating you're not creating tables, you're not creating chairs, you're creating sentient human beings. It has to be ethical. It has to be well regulated because especially in the United States where we're like, "Hey, how can I make a buck?" and we're turning your biological children into a side hustle. Yeah, it's got to be fucking regulated. Mm -hmm. It's got to be regulated. I and um and I know so many parents are so angry when they find out actually like how unregulated it is and all the things that they were promised was essentially like a lie. Yeah. And it's, but I, I have to say, I mean, Michelle, thank you so much for coming forward because the fact that we have people from clinics coming forward is such an incredible, incredible perspective, evidence that like our community, oh my God, so desperately needs. Um, because so many people who worked in the industry are terrified to come forward. I've spoken to other people who work in the industry who are genuinely scared of coming forward. And it's like, babies, I get that you're scared and we can do it in a way that keeps you anonymous, that protects you. But like, I've heard the stories. I've heard them. And oh my God, we got to get them on record. We got to give testimony because that's the only way. That's the only way. And especially the, for the fact that I found you and I found a recipient parent of Grace. It's like, it's huge. And yeah. the fact that what she said backs what you're saying up. I actually wonder if I spoke to her. That that puts this in a whole new connection for me. Like, Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's really, really scary. And I really hope that, like, for all those families of Gray – Please, I hope you find each other. I hope you can connect with us. Send in a message. Let us know that if you used Gray, if you go to my link tree and go to my link tree and you will see at the top, there's like share your story with Laura. Let me know if you used Gray and we can help connect you. And maybe we can actually start really publicly telling that story and actually name these cryobanks in a much safer legal sense. It's just obviously right now we, we kind of can't. Um, so let's do that because this absolutely should be brought to light um so laura is, is it okay if i give one more story that's a little like more lighthearted? <laughs> oh fuck yes i mean we're all right now dealing with our boils and sores over the gray tea so give us give us give us a happy little story let us eat our cake all right so if gray is the man that you don't want uh to give you a baby um <laughs> let me tell you about the man who you do want to give you a baby all right, so this man was older. He was wealthy and he was on his like third or fourth wife. And I was on the phone for him with like like an hour and a half. I was I was chit-chatting with him. We were finding the right donor who looked a little bit like him and he was telling me all about his life. And he was a sweetie pie. Like definitely Aww. an older dude, but like super sweet. He was telling me he, his younger wife really wanted a baby, but all of his children were grown and didn't really want anything to do with them. So he was going to give her, her her baby and he bought this sperm and it was beautiful. And 
the very end of the call, he said, ma'am, I, I apologize if this is weird, but I, I want to know, um, when we're doing this at-home insemination and we do it in the bed, should I make her climax? Should she orgasm before I inseminate her? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm sure she'd appreciate it. I'm sure she would like that. Yeah. I, I think the answer to that, no matter what, is yes. But also, there's contractions that happen. So it might pull up the sperm. So you're probably right. I would just be on the safe side and give that woman an orgasm before you put it inside of her. I love a man who thinks about his lady's orgasm. Thank you, sir. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yes. I appreciate that. I love that he was thinking that way. I, I do. I love that you were thinking of your gal that way. Yeah. I also love that he was thinking of me and he waited till the very end. I knew he wanted to ask. Like, he, it seemed like he had something he wanted to ask me, but he wanted to make sure it was okay with me. And he, he built some rapport up before he did it. Respectful. <laughs> Definitely the man I would have inseminate me. I love it. All right. So green. So we talked about red flags. Now that was a green flag. Okay. We love a green flag. If your oh guy is going to call the sperm bank, give you an orgasm while he inseminates you, that's your man. That's your man. The man who's like, we're, we're, yes, insemination, but also climax, right? Yeah. I appreciate that. Orgasms around. Everybody gets a, everyone gets, everyone gets an orgasm. You got to have that joy when you spark You do. Life. I think so. I feel like that's the best way to start life. It's like, yo, you start, you, you, you begin life as an orgasm. I love that. That's it. That's your start in this. I love that. Oh my God. Well, Michelle, thank you as always for being the wonderful, wonderful person who, who has come forward and is helping out donor conceived people and spilling the motherfucking tea. Oh, I love it. Um, Thank you again for your bravery and your courage. And I really, really hope that you coming forward is going to inspire and give courage and bravery to other people who worked at cryobanks and clinics because it was like, guys, I know you you saw what you saw. Come forward. And I promise if all of you come forward, then all of you can be safe. And I will I will stand on the mountaintop with you all shouting and yelling things with you. Um, so, Michelle, thank you. Thank you so much for everything. No worries. I hope people do come forward because I had a very small role myself, I feel. And I think there are lab techs and managers yeah. and just people who know more who could yeah. really shed some light on this and really make a difference in creating that legislation that we all need to create a better future for all of us. Because those kids are not growing up in a vacuum. No, and that's something to remember that the the sibling pod size donor conception does not just affect donor conceived people. It affects all of society because the fact that we have these massive giant pods walking around not knowing who each other are, accidental incest, but it also it really hurts the, our genetic diversity as a society. It affects our gene pool and that affects everybody. And this is why we all need to get together and put on a motherfucking sibling cap, which is such, such common sense. Yes. Such common sense. Thank this you. is not ask. It's not asking for the moon. I I just don't want. I I don't want. I I don't want to blink a sibling. Okay. I just really yeah. would rather not. My husband. We took a DNA test before we got engaged. Yeah, as you should have. Like, on, yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not no, an we accusatory. Did it no, we had to. We had to. We had to do that. Of course, we had to do that. 
Yeah. Of course we had to do that. Oh my God. Cause well, sibling caps is definitely one thing, but I would also like to see open donors only. Um, I hope yes. that this is another, like you bring on someone who talks about the difference between open and closed donors, because I feel yeah. like that is important in this country as well. Yes, because that an open donor is open ID, which means that they are known from the start. You're able to have a rapport, a conversation with that donor from the start. So not only um, are you able to start that dialogue, that also can genuinely help with getting updated medical information that can literally save your child's life. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Michelle, for being an amazing ally and stepping forward. I cannot thank you enough. Um, and for everybody, please please come forward. We want to hear from you. We will protect you. Please come forward. There are ways, there are ways we can protect you. I promise there are. Thank you all so much, Michelle. And they, thank you so much. Oh my God, everybody. Laura, I make my living off of speaking in words. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Insemination. So please, as always, like, leave a review, follow us on social media. If you want to watch this episode, it will be up on YouTube for all of our visual people. I am another, I'm a visual person myself. You all are lovely. You all are amazing. And hey, maybe we don't watch Fifty Shades of Grey today. Maybe, maybe we don't. Maybe we let that sit for a little bit, okay? Maybe we let that one sit. I love you all and thank you and good night.